Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Advanced Man Podcast. Today we have a guest, Pete Tansley. Pete Tansley is a, a mate of mine. I met him in a business mastermind. He's come through the personal development world after achieving phenomenal success financially. And he realized that that didn't really ultimately bring him everything that he wanted. Money was not the precursor to happiness. Who would have thought? So in this podcast, Pete gets to share with us how he turned pro in becoming a personal trainer, how he grew a business, burnt it to the ground, rebuilt that business in a deeper alignment with who he was and what he's doing. It's an amazing chat and conversation. We get really, really interesting feedback from him and he breaks it down to really, really simple analogies of how he moved forward. So I can't wait to have you guys listen to Pete. So tune in and I'll see you in Insight. And welcome back to the Advanced Man podcast. Uh, we have another new guest, Pete Tansley. Um, Pete is a, a mate of mine. He lives up the road. We've caught up a couple of times. We're we're in the same business mastermind. We've uh, we've seen each other from a distance a little bit. We've been in each other's fields and spheres. And um, Pete's got a really interesting story. He's a, a health entrepreneur. He runs a runs an online health or fitness business. And um, yeah, he's he's going to be talking, taking us through men and health and probably touch on wealth as well and how he's been successful in that and the challenges that he's overcome in his health and wealth journey. So thanks for joining us, Pete. Thanks for having me, man. It's great to be on. My pleasure. Um, so, you know, in the little the little questionnaire that I ask guys to fill out before they jump on, uh, you, yeah, you, you filled out health and wealth where your zones of genius. Um, and then, you know, I said, what's the, what's one thing you'd like to talk about? And you, you kind of said something about hitting rock bottom to perpetuate growth. Let's yeah. open open the door with that. I think for for men, being challenged can refine and challenge and, and and the rock bottom can be such a catalyst for growth. Mm. So for me at 28, the 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 night before my 28th birthday, coming from a dude in his 20s who externally had all this shit together, was married, had twins, had a gym. Uh, financially successful, drove the fancy SUV. It's like, man, this guy had his shit together to go from that and then to the eve of my 28th birthday, I moved back in with my mom, separated from the marriage. Business was going through a huge transition, was about to step out of that. I I actually thought, and I remember saying this to my mom and I said this to a mentor who I had, um, who was actually my father-in-law, funnily enough, but um, my, he was my first ever mentor. <laughs> Wow. I said, I need to leave. I need to leave the Gold Coast. I was so, I had so much shame around that, that I thought, like, I honestly thought, dude, it'd be on the paper. I'll be in the front paper, front page of the paper. And people will be like looking at me down the street, this like shell of a failed man. Mm. And he said to me, Pete, in 30 seconds, in one day, in two days, no one gives a shit. Mm. But I had so much shame around that because of this image I was portraying. Mm. And then it all came crumbling down. I actually look back at that now, almost 10 years later, and think that was the best thing that happened to me. Mm. Almost going bankrupt. My accountant said you should have gone bankrupt. Um, starting from scratch, mm. blowing a bunch of things, releasing things I didn't feel worthy of, and starting again was, in fact, the best thing that happened to me. But mm. at the time, I was I, I was never suicidal, but I, I wanted to run. Mm. I wanted to start fresh in a brand new city where no one knew who the fuck I was. Mm. Mm. Interesting. I'm not going to try and get pseudo spiritual, but 28 is a very interesting year astrologically right. for for the evolution of the human soul. Um, for those of you that are unaware, it's the Saturn return. It's how long it takes Saturn to return to, to go from where it was when you were born to back to where it was. It takes 28 years for Saturn to rotate around the sun. And um, people talk about midlife crises, but frequently in the last 15, 20 years, 
quarter life crisis are really starting to get more of a more of a thing. And you know, for me, that's twenty eight. I had a very similar breakdown at twenty eight. So it's and it's interesting, isn't it? As men, it's like sometimes we refuse to change until the pain becomes so unbearable that we can't hide it anymore. Is that where you kind of feel like you were at, or like what? Why did it? Why did it take that? I think you know if you if you veer off the highway, you you hit the little cat's eyes in the middle. You hear a noise. You keep veering off. You might get the gravel in the gutter. You ignore that. You keep going. You get the little freaking things on the side. And you keep yeah. going. You're in a ditch. Mm. It's like there was those little things that I kept ignoring or kept running from or not addressing. Like I had a head in the sand approach with things that eventually they fucking caught up with me. And I think the same people or problems will keep coming back until mm. you learn that lesson. Mm. Mm. So, all right. Let's backtrack. What were the lessons that were now now that you can reflect and see, what were some of the lessons that you were being shown before the pivotal moment of like, I need to change now? Like what were some of the signs that you can now reflect on and go, holy shit, if I had picked this shit up five years before, six years before, um, yeah, can you can you can you see them? Do you know what they were? For sure. I had lost my balls in the relationship. Mm. I'd do it. I'd do anything I could to be the nice guy, to keep mm-hmm. the peace, mm-hmm. to not put my needs out. Mm-hmm. Because as a kid, I learned that like, oh, if I have too many needs, you're a needy. You're going to get none. Like the way you get love is by being by shutting up and being a good boy. So mm-hmm. I brought that to a marriage, mm-hmm. which means I stopped surfing. I stopped doing shit I love doing, going to music concerts. I was like a good little husband, right? So that was one. And in the business, if you look at the 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 success I had through my late twenties and then crashing, I simply stopped doing the stuff that got me there. Mm. I became very complacent with the marketing I was doing, the sales, the hunger I had from twenty one to twenty seven was undeniable. Mm. And then somewhere along there, towards twenty seven, I thought I was a baller. I thought I had made it and stopped doing the shit that got me to that point. Mm. Interesting. What? Well- why do you think that changed? Like, what? Why did you stop? Because you'd achieved success, quote unquote. Or I, I think some of that. I think part of me didn't feel worthy of what I had created. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd self sabotage that by not progressing and stabilizing and growing the roots to maintain that. Mm. So it's like you that achieved was... achieved external success before you'd actually up leveled your internal worthiness. Something like that. Yes, one hundred percent. And I was going. <clears throat> I was chasing these things for praise from fucking strangers on the internet, from masterminds I was in, from coaches I had, from parents or from people I was trying to impress by going for more and bigger, you know, always looking for more. Mm, I can relate. <laughs> I um, I remember hitting 26, having two houses, two dogs, two cars, a girlfriend and being like, is this it? Like, is this, is this what, like, do I just keep going? Do I just, do I just buy another house and renovate that? And is is this is this all I'm supposed to do? So I can I can definitely relate with that on on some level. Then the bikey showed up, kicked in the door, lost the house, lost the girlfriend, lost everything. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, this, this feels more like what I'm worthy of. Yeah, this is good. There we go. There we this go. Fits the narrative. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's before we go deeper into the like, I I would I really do want to touch on the you know after the 28 and the like. How did you find your your drive again? But before we get there, I'd love to just keep kind of looking at this 21 to 27, like sure, the, we, you said the motivator was to, you know, uh, buy things and, and get approval from people on the internet. Why did you need approval from people on the internet? Why why was there such a drive to be successful or look successful at that point in your life? 
I didn't do well at school, but one thing I was certain of is I wanted to have my own business. Okay. I would um I would lose myself for several hours after school writing up a business plan for yeah. fucking random businesses. I thought, oh, I could do it. I was into surfing. I could run a surf school. And I designed the logo and the plan and the pricing and the, the estimated the costs. And then I did it for like, oh, I could do massage because I was into playing sport. I could do a massage. And, and I'd lose myself in these business ideas. I always knew that was the plan, but I didn't know how to apply that. I think I had this hyper-independence from the age of maybe 13, 14 onwards. Mm. And I think, I don't know, if, if I'll be so independent and successful, the people who I wasn't getting love from will maybe eventually... Mm. circle back and i'll get it mm. right mm. so i um man i look back at my my 20s now like i was i was i said no to partying i had really no social i didn't allow myself to have so, a social group i was just so focused on this wow it's funny man like so my first job my first proper job was um at a university gym mm -hmm. personal training sales managing some of the team and i was like oh i'm gonna enroll in university because to be a business owner, you have to have a business degree, right? So I'm I'm two semesters into this business degree, learning absolutely nothing about small business. And I said to my the professor of entrepreneurship, I said, Hey, um, I think I wanna thinking of dropping out to start my own business. Like I really want to do this gym thing or PT thing. And he he turned to me and said, Good luck with that. Don't get your hopes up. Wow. Stay in, finish this, get a job. And the pathway there was to work at like the big four banks or, you know, which which I could think of nothing worse. So hang on, so, let me just ask a question there. The professor of entrepreneurship was telling you to finish studying and then go get a job. Yes. Okay. And something was like not quite congruent with the, the audio and the visual I was receiving there. And I said to the cool thing about uh, being a one-on-one -on -one personal trainer was you typically dealt with some very successful people. This is 2003, four, five PTs weren't a thing like they are now. Mm. It was like celebrities, CEOs, and very wealthy stay-at-home moms who had PTs, right? Mm. So I was very lucky to be in these circles with men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, mostly who would come to see me several times a week. And some of them would bring on Monday their 911 on Wednesday, the Mercedes SUV. Mm. On Friday, they'd ride the you know they'd ride the fifty thousand dollar motorbike to to the gym. And I was like, man, these guys have time because they're coming to spend two hours with me three times a week, and they have these toys. Mm. And the common thread was they own their own business. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I told this story to one of them because we'd often go for coffee on a after our sessions. And he said, Pete, none of my friends who are all successful business owners, none of my friends have a business degree. I dropped out of school when I was 15. He, in one 30-minute coffee, gave me the permission slip to say, screw that, don't follow that system, leave and do your own thing. Mm. And it was funny looking back now, that was my really first bit of coaching I had received where someone ahead of me gave me the permission slip to not go the traditional path and I quit the uni the next day. Mm. Mm. Interesting. I um, I think that like the most successful people I ever hung around with was was my boss. I was a bricklayer for 12 years, you know, and he owned the construction company and the company we worked for that built multi-million dollar homes uh, like Wolf Blass, the, the wine dude, we built his $7 million mansion in Adelaide and we built houses on the, on, on the Esplanade and we, we built beautiful homes and I met some owners, but I never really got uh, that, that, that next taste, you know? Um, and it is very interesting about, you know, they, the, 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 one of the most common quotes is you are the average of the five people you hang around with the most. And it's interesting how 
these clients, like these were influences in your life that then started to showcase to you the, let's say the shiny side, you know, it's like, let's say we, we, we grew up in the dull side and they showed you the shiny side and it's like, Ooh, Ooh, I haven't, what's that? What's that? Um, and it seems to be a pretty common theme that a lot of successful, especially hyper successful business owners never went to uni, didn't finish school. were always the outcasts. We're always the weird ones, you know? Um, and so like, did you ever, did you feel that growing up at school? Did you always feel like you're a little bit on the outer or was it, was, would you more so have friends and everything, but you just had this dream as well? Yeah, I definitely felt like not only the black sheep of the family, but also my peers, mm. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to a really nice school. Dad worked super hard. We were never as, or I, we were sort of, you know, lower middle class. The rest were upper and very high. So I felt like a black sheep there, but more so with my my thinking and what I wanted to do. And I saw, I remember in junior school, like you'd go to your dad's work one or two days a year, right? Bring your kids to, to work. Yep. And even at an early age, I was disgusted at the idea of just sitting in a cubicle. Dad was an engineer and a big open plan thing, but he had his little booth. And that just like repulsed me as a 12-year-old. Yeah. To think of sitting here, fluorescent lights, no creativity, no freedom, set lunch breaks. It felt like, you know, I didn't realize at the time, but it felt like this constrained prison to me. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. So that typical path never appealed to me. I thought oh, I might want to do physiotherapy at school. Didn't get those grades. It was very competitive to get into that, but it would have bored me to tears. Yeah. You know, doing Karen's ankle rehab, this eight-week progressive program, I could think of nothing worse. Mm. So, you know, I think the Steve Jobs quote is like, you can always connect the dots looking backwards. All those things like made total sense that I wasn't born. I didn't fit the school system either. I'm guessing you were probably similar. (laughs) Yeah. Like this didn't make sense for us as energetic, creative kids to sit down and fucking be spoken to. Mm. Um, So I never felt like, I could fit until my thirties. I probably didn't find people that I could f- truly felt myself around. Mm. And I know some of those people and they're pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. Which is a finding the right people, but B just being myself anyway, not giving a fuck what people thought. You exactly. Know? Exactly. I love those people. I'm not trying to say they're weird and I don't like them. I love all of those it's people. Good weird. I, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I fit, I fit in with them myself. <laughs> all right. So let's fast track to like, you know, you, you, you met these um, highly successful business owners. You started your, your PT business. Um, you know, I'm guessing that's like around 21 or something like that. Then you obviously met your partner, you had kids. What, what happened? Like you achieved the success, but like what led to the breakdown of all the things? Like what happened to, like you said, you stopped doing the reps that got you successful, but like um, why? Like, is there a why? Do you know the why? Mm complacency was definitely one Mm -hmm. the other thing i reflect on a lot in that time people even you know people would always ask me how are things and my response was the typical good when shit was burning down Mm. you know things like a a a business one of the business deals went horribly wrong was the wrong guy sort of went in into it with the books were cooked um that racked up a lot of debt very quickly but I never, I, 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 this, this hyper independence had like this edge to it where it was wrong to ask for any help. Yeah. Right. And I think the hyper independence was from, you know, shit in my teenage years, wanted to do things on my own, but I wouldn't allow people to help and to assist me through that. And I was surrounded with some, some ballers, like some, if I mentioned the brands in Australia, they had built and some of those companies are still running. It's like, 
in incredibly lucky people to have in my life. And I didn't mm. ask any of them for help because I wanted mm. to be seen as a guy, it's 23, yeah. 25, yeah. as a guy who had my shit together, right? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like the the masculine desire to hold it all. Um, and I was I was on a, I was chatting, I was interviewing someone earlier today, and um, well, Blaze Blaze Grinner, who I think you you know of. Um, yeah. we were talking about strength, right? And the masculine identity, like the 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 man's identity around what a man is and what a man should be, and how that um how that imp like has such a dramatic effect on how he acts and how he shows up and where he gets help and where he doesn't get help. And, you know, this this concept of strength is constantly given to men. Like, you must be strong. You must be strong. You must be strong. And, you know, we were unpacking strength a little bit. And strength, by definition, is the ability to bear a great load, right? That's yeah. it. And, and you, you know, you're in the health and fitness. What do you do all day? You you teach people how to get strong, like you how to bear a great load of weight, whether it's, you know, this, this, this movement, it's bench press, squat, deadlift, whatever. And isn't it interesting how we as men think that because – we need to be strong because we need to have the ability to bear a great load. That means that we can't seek help to carry it. It must be burdened on our own. And you know what comes up is the, the Atlas, the, you know, the ancient Greek mythology of Atlas, who had to, who was punished by Zeus and had to carry the world on his shoulders for eternity. Um, you know, and it's like, and then I, th I think the myth, uh, the story goes like he needed to rest, so he put it down. Someone agreed to carry it for him. He put it down, and Zeus found him, and then like chained him to a rock, and he crows ate his eyes out or some shit like that. And it's like the mythology of that story of like the moment you give up, you're going to be chained to a fucking rock, and crows are going to peck out your eyeballs. Is like you can't quit. And don't get me wrong, I'm I'm all for men cultivating strength. It's it's super important, mental strength, emotional strength, physical strength. Um. But where's the, the where's the tipping point? And I can only imagine that all these phenomenally successful business owners would have been more than happy to help you on your journey had you have just asked, which I'm sure you now know, having gone through the process. And you know, I'm so sure you've supported other people who are learning through business and been supported. Um, but yeah, and I, people are happy. I, I used to have this belief that everyone wants to see you fail, mm. no one wants to see you win. I think that's bullshit. I think lots of people want to see you win. And lots of people will happily help you. Mm. I, I don't expect a handout or, or success. You know, you shouldn't expect a handout from people. You can give your time if you don't know them. But if you know somebody mm. and you have a history with somebody and you're you're vulnerable to the point of, hey, here's my challenge. I'm thinking of doing A or B or C if you see an alternative. Like I, there's people are happy to help. Mm. And mm. it's how you deepen a relationship with somebody as well is to go there with them. Yeah, a hundred percent. When my biggest realization in this was, I you know I had a breakdown at twenty eight. Was like I need to fucking leave the country. I, I you know bikies kick in my door. I'm a drug addict. I'm an alcoholic. I'm an asshole. I don't like who I am. So I went traveling, and um I started hitchhiking, and for me that was the scariest thing I could possibly do because I was giving over complete control of my my you know I'm going to get the train. I'm going to pay for the flight. I'm I was like I'm going to trust the universe that people will be nice to me and drive me across countries in Europe. You know, I hitchhiked, hitchhiked across five countries. Um, and, you know, sometimes I would wait for hours and sometimes I would wait for minutes. And it was phenomenal at the generosity of strangers. Um, and that was a really big imprint for me of like, people will help. You have to give them the opportunity to help. If you are prepared to put yourself in a state of, I mean, if you want to call it vulnerability, fine, but like just in a position to be like, hey, I'm wondering if you would give me a hand. 
And that's how friendships are formed. You know, like if you, if you were to ring me and be like, Hey Tyron, I'm moving house. Uh, it might be weird, but I was wondering if you'd give me a hand moving my couch. I'd be like, Oh shit. Pete's opening the door for us to cultivate a stronger relationship. Sure. You know, if I've got time and space, why would I not? You know, and it's that opportunity. You've got to open the door for someone to keep, come in and, and give you a hand. And I, 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 I agree with you. I think everyone does want to see you succeed, especially people above you. I think that's the biggest one. It's like people below, what's the quote go? Um, people above you will never condemn you for how hard you've worked or something like that. You know, it's like, yeah. 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 The, the hate always comes from, from below mm. every single time. Mm. And um, this actually same mentor who was instrumental in my life, he passed away late last year. Mm. However, he said, as I was going through this and coming out of this, <clears throat> he was at the time in his, what are we talking in my twenties? So in his sixties has more than enough money for several lifetimes now, He's still involved in projects and keeping busy and he's never fully retired. But he said, Pete, I now won't go into partnership or do business with somebody who hasn't hit rock bottom mm. or yeah. lost it all before. Yeah. Because if somebody's had like an escalator to the top, like imagine, you know, maybe someone starts business eight years ago until recently, the, the economy has been great. They've had all wins. That's not a good partner for him. And I see why, because like I struggle to shoot the ship with somebody who hasn't struggled, who hasn't gone through something, who's had a perfect upbringing, maybe a perfect few years in business. I really struggle to relate to them today. Mm. Mm. Like I, I want to know, like I want to see your scars and how you mm. came back and how you bounced back. And one thing that that did do to me as well is release. It made me realize how quickly money can be made mm. or remade. Interesting. And if you like, if anyone watching this does a quick Google search on, you know, successful entrepreneurs who have gone bankrupt it's like staggering mm. oh, some of them twice and oh, then they've made it yeah multiple times yeah multiple yeah. times yeah it, it, what it taught me my, my accountant basically said you've got this much debt oh and you should go bankrupt to wipe it and i probably should have listened to him but i had shame around that the term bankrupt yeah i would have been yeah. well out of that period now instead i opted to pay it back <laughs> um <laughs> and, and if you, and if you knew about businesses and structures, you, it doesn't even matter. You just open a new entity. But yeah, we don't know that then, do we? Literally. <laughs> uh, but it made me realize how quickly you can make it back. Like a good idea can scale very, very quickly. Often it's our thinking that holds it back. But the structure of the business and the scalability of it is 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 very fast. Mm. So yeah, I do look back at all of that and take what people said to me as it was the best thing that happened to me because now the lessons of humility and rethinking money and not ignoring these lessons have like have helped me more now than ever. Mm. And you know, I think when when you and you know, they do this in the army and in the, the the marines and the special forces, it's like they take people to the darkest place within inside of themselves to find out what they're really made of in those dark moments. Because you know, I obviously we're not in the army and pray to God we never have to go to war. But at the same time, like you've got to find your own dark corners because that is when you do find out your character, you know, and and that's why they have the selection process they have. Like if you're going to quit when it gets hard, they don't want you in the special forces, right? And the more elite, the the more elite they are as soldiers, the harder the training gets because, well, that's where, they, you know, they're going to hit the darkest, darkest places. So they push you to the extremes to go, look, if you're going to quit, then that you, this is not for you. And I, I know I've got a client who's you know very high up in the special forces here in australia and it's never about like he actually said the measuring sticks like the time to complete the course or the run it's only the intro like that's only to get in once you're in there is no time constraint it's never about time constraints they never give you things that are actually possible it's not the point of the whole exercise um mm -hmm. 
Uh, it's to it's to just see who you are when you are faced with adversity. And I feel like, you know, strength as a man, if I'm not in the army, but just in business or in life, it's like, or how do I just deal with the challenges and the obstacles? And how do I cultivate the strength that is required to overcome the adversity that is in front of me? Um, and it sounds like, you know, what you're saying or what I'm interpreting from what you're saying is like, that's why you want to see that. That's why they're the people you want to be around. It's like, I now know who you are because you know who you are because you've looked at yourself in the middle of the darkness and gone, I'm going to stand back up, you know? Yes. And those guys, special forces, they know they've all gone through the same shit, which is an incredible bonding thing for them going through it together. But when they're sent off or when they're on mission, they know the peers next to them have gone through the same hell. Exactly. And, you know, it's, I run, you know, as you know, I run men's events and, how do you get a group of men to go to an emotional place together when they don't know each other? You know, and you've got to create a bond. And so the fastest way to create a, a, a bond between men is through suffering. And it's, it's, it's proven, you know, it's like when the, when the tornadoes hit America, what happens? No one cares about race. No one cares about gender. No one cares about equality. Everyone just goes, everyone's helping everyone. You know, when the floods hit up here, same thing. It's like all of a sudden, all the bullshit that we create separation around completely dissolves and we are there to support each other. You know, suffering creates connection because we can all, we all feel, even though we want to deny it sometimes, we all feel. And when people are suffering, we can we can meet them on that level and go, I, I want to help. It's a human nature, I believe. So yeah, 100%. Hey guys, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that is all the time we have on this episode of the Advanced Man Podcast. I'm sure you're hanging off the edge of your seat. Look, there's another episode coming out next week. And if you're listening to this on repeat, then guess what? You can just jump into the next episode straight away. I know you're getting great stuff from this. Pete is a phenomenal man and he's really giving some phenomenal value inside this podcast. So stay tuned till next week or just jump on into the next episode. I'll see you there.